Welcome to Portraits of Honor. We stand in the swiftly fading shadow of our World War II veterans and heroes who united for a single purpose, to honor life, liberty, and justice for all. They were soldiers and sailors, airmen and mechanics, nurses and pilots, radio operators, ordinary people who did extraordinary things. Our mission is to preserve their stories, to bring their experiences to life for a new generation. This is our tribute, our act of honor. Through their words, we explore the essence of honor and remember the sacrifices that were made. For just the cost of a cup of coffee each month, you can help us preserve their stories. Visit PortraitsOfHonor.com to learn more. Join us as we journey back in time, as we listen, learn, and remember. This is Portraits of Honor. Let the stories of these heroes begin. Today we hear from Sergeant First Class Harold Nelson, who was drafted into the U.S. Army at 26 and went on to earn two Purple Hearts and a Silver Star. From the beaches of Normandy to the volcanic slopes of Mount Etna, and from Italy to Germany, Harold recounts his extraordinary journey, highlighting the survival skills he and his comrades adopted along the way. This interview was recorded on April 10, 2022 in Denver, Colorado. My full name, Harold Arthur Nelson. And your birth date? February the 28th, 1915. And where were you born? Walbach, Nebraska. Yeah, they moved from a, one farm to another farm about six miles in a lumber wagon. And my mother said, I would have been a March baby if I hadn't ridden that lumber wagon. It, it shook me loose. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born February the 28th instead of March the 1st. <laughs> Shooky loose. <laughs> and uh, so where did you grow up primarily? Where did I grow up? Wallback, Nebraska. Doing what? Well, I lived on a farm and helped farm for umpteen years. Went to the 12 years, walked three miles to 12 years of school every day. That's six miles every day for 12 years. Wow. And uh, when World War II started, what were you doing? Oh, yeah. I was running a filling station in Nebraska with my dad when I got drafted. I was a, I was the first draftees in Nebraska. I was about, I think, 17, something like 17 of us. I went to uh, Fort Ord, California where I did my army training. So I was shipped to Virginia and made some more amphibious trainings before we were shipped overseas. Well, we made the invasion of French Morocco. And then we went on to East Africa to capture Rommel, but the English had already made him surrender. 
So we done some more training in Africa to make an invasion of Sicily. When we were training for landing in southern Sicily from northern Africa, I had my appendix out on a cot in a tent, and you can't even see the scar. Oh, yeah, three days I was back on the front line. I took out my own stitches. <laughs> had trouble with one of them, didn't want to come out. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. We made three amphibious invasions in Sicily. We, we got off of the landing craft, uh, LCI landing ship, which was pretty good sized ship. And the, uh, the Germans sunk it after we landed and had a bullet go through my helmet. I, I didn't get wounded there. And after we landed, we walked all the way across Sicily in three days and three nights with no water, hardly any food, hardly any sleep. I found some cattle footprints that had water in it. So I took my canteen cup, dipped some water out of the footprint, put it in my helmet, put chlorine tablets in it, and me and my men had a drink of water. Cow footprint water. <laughs> I hope it was water. <laughs> <laughs> and made two amphibious invasions in northern Sicily. Uh, out of rubber rafts, out of rubber pontoon boats. That's when I got the shrapnel in my chest. One was captured in uh, northeastern Sicily. Two boats full of us made landing in northern Sicily and captured Mount Etna. It's either Mount Etna or Mount Vesuvius, I don't know which anymore, because we took both Mount Vesuvius and Mount Etna. We were in single file, and my men, one of my men stepped on a mine, blew his foot off. And, and I got a piece of shrapnel in my chest right here. It didn't go in, into my chest, it just stuck in my ribs and I, I pulled it out and threw it away. <laughs> so, and we went on and captured Mount Etna, which was the last fighting in Sicily. Where we, from then on, we trained in Sicily to make a landing at Salerno, Italy. But there was no fighting at Salerno. We went on to Anzio, where we fought the Germans and captured uh, all that area there. We put out a front line of resistance in Italy for about two years before we got out of Italy. Lived in the ground with not a roof over my head in over two years. Yeah, I dug a foxhole right on the south side of the Colosseum. Really? The last time we were there, it was growing up in the weeds. So you found the spot? And I had a pretty f fancy foxhole in Italy because I lived in it for almost two years. Mex Mexican from Mexico. I can't remember his name. 
He and I lived in the same foxhole quite a while. And I had a, I made a shelf on the side of the foxhole to set my sea rations, a can of beans, a can of stew, and a can of biscuits, a little can. Well, they were smaller than this. Sea rations were about that big, but they were about that high. That was what we ate for a long time until we got K rations, which were better. And one day, here comes a tank. Germany shooting at me, trying to hit me in the foxhole. But I was down too low. But they shot up all my sea rations, so, so, so there went my meal for the day. We had built a, uh, some kind of cover over our foxhole from some old sticks we found, and a shell hit right on top of it. It blew the top off, and, I, and uh, they, they got me, they got me, and I said, where? Right here. Now, he, he didn't have his helmet on, he just got dirt in his hair. I had my helmet on, so it didn't bother me. And he thought he got injured. Oh, that's just dirt. <laughs> but he was scared to death. <laughs> So was I. <laughs> what was what was the weather like? Um, I mean, it was there for a long time. Well, for you mean for two years? There was a lot of rain, and it was cold, cold and wet. And we had no other clothes. We had to wear the same clothes for for war. And the day. Foxhole in Italy would fill with water unless you were up on a hill. It was a mess. But I lived. One army blanket. That's all we had. And it was probably and it was, wet. And it was wet. It was cold. But younger days, I guess we could take that. Same clothes on for two years. I had my shoes off twice. I changed my socks. Put the ins. I wore two pair of socks. I put the inside ones on the outside. Every about every month. <laughs> put the outside ones on the inside. That's some. That's some. Oh, for sure. I had my clothes off one time in two years. Wow. We came across a waterfall in Italy. So me and my men all took our clothes off and took a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there on we went on across Italy and captured a bunch of Germans. It's on that trip that I supposedly got the Silver Star that I never did yet. There. There were Germans in a vacant house firing at us, trying to go across Italy. And I saw a tank there by that house, hit a mine. So I ran to that tank, got up on the tank, and shot the machine gun in the windows and the doors of the house. And the Germans surrendered. I never got wounded there, but they threw a hand grenade out that blew my pack off my back. 
It didn't hurt me any, but I smelled blood. I looked and looked and I didn't find any blood, but you could smell blood, whether you know it or not. There, we were dug in there and there's a bunch of sheep running around there. They had been running around for weeks and weeks. I shot one of them and butchered it. <laughs> I went to the tank, they had some bacon grease. So I got a, somewhere got a bonfire and got some grease from the tank and, and fried some lamb for my men. So that was the only fresh meat we had in two years. <laughs> Nobody knew how to butcher lamb. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't know how I did it, but I did. So from there we went on to Cisterna, Italy, where we stayed for several days and went on to camp to Rome. That was the end of the fighting in Italy. I want to describe the landing on Africa. Uh, Higgins boat, if you know what they were. I do. They were just a pretty f fair sized boat, hold a, a company of men. It would hold about 40 of us in that boat. Well, we had to go down the ladder into these uh, Higgins boats, well, 10 feet up, 10 feet down. Some of my men broke their legs. I made out okay. And then we went to hit the shore. It was coral rocks and not sandy beach. We were supposed to land on a sandy beach. I don't know if you know what a coral rock is. They're like steeples. And they went through the bottom of those Higgins boats. I waited, I floated, I stumbled. I made it, of course. We just jumped over the side or off the front and into the water. The, the rifle and the ammunition was the heavy part. Oh, about 40 pounds, I think. We finally made it to shore under enemy fire. Did you get all uh, cut up? I didn't get hurt any, no. There was no enemy fire where we landed because we landed where they didn't think we were going to. They thought we were going to land on that sandy beach. But I guess it's a good thing we didn't. Even landing on those coral rocks was a project. Sure it was. Um, I need to know rank and the unit you served with. I was in F Company of the 7th Infantry of the 3rd Infantry Division. PFC and a sergeant and a master sergeant. I was in charge of a platoon of 40 men, and very few of my men came back. Seven of us came home. Or maybe some of the others came home wounded, I don't know. I got 21 replacements one night. I ended up with eight. We were dug in. Those new recruits, they had no idea what war was about. So I had them dig a foxhole on the side of the hill. And I came all night long, I hear, Sergeant Nelson, Sergeant Nelson. 
I'm hurt. I couldn't do anything. It was dark, but a shell had wounded him in their foxhole. Well, you can do along, you can get along without food, but water is something else. In Africa, uh, the people in Africa had rainwater cisterns at the house, like we had on the farm. I took my helmet and two or three belts tied together and dipped water out of that cistern and got water for my men. Filled their canteens, my canteen. Well, sometime along there I milked the cow. <laughs> well, I was in the foxhole. This cow had been roaming around there for days, hadn't been milked. So I got up. She let me milk her in my helmet. I got, I don't know, I think about three helmets full of milk. And give my men a drink of milk. You did a great job looking out for your men, didn't you? They, my men thought a lot of me. Fact is, they practically worshipped me. I guess it's because I was old as original. Well, we we'd been in Cisterna, which was a town we captured, the last fighting town in Sicily. Supposedly trained for invasion of France, but I was going up the gangplank to get on the landing boat to invade France, and I put my company clerk said, "Hey, Harold, that Ruskowski, he come a running when I was going up the gangplank. Hey, Harold, you don't have to go." That was the best words I ever heard. I had the longest service in the world, longest whatever in our war. So I was the first one. Not many lived through what I lived through. And I'm probably the only one that made six amphibious invasions under enemy fire and lived. So I got to come home. Well, it wasn't a very pleasant life. But that's why we're but so thankful for it. I lived and others didn't. This podcast is a charitable supported public service. To learn more about the veteran featured on this podcast, please go to portraitsofhonor.com. There you'll find more stories, portraits, and ways to be part of this act of honor. Every day, a few hundred World War II veterans pass away, and soon they'll all be gone. For the cost of a few cups of coffee each month, you can help us support the mission to give all these deserving veterans their portrait of honor and record and memorialize their stories forever. Please go to portraitsofhonor.com today to make your donation and show your support. Leave us a review and share this episode. By remembering the past, we can inspire a better future. Join us next time on Portraits of Honor.